You're listening to Radio ISO, the podcast bringing you notes from isolation and stories about the people we're missing. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to comedy writer and actor Brona Titley about missing her sister in Ireland. like 80% fine, like 80% grounded in like, you know, quite an optimistic personality. The fact that I have a nice house, a nice family, a little garden, um, you know, I'm not sick. All of these things I'm so grateful for. And they're mm. so huge and immense. And, uh, and I'm trying to, as I say, ground myself in the practice of being really actively grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And then 20% just like, absolutely grumpy that you know my maternity leave has been downgraded to like a a prison sentence (laughs) Mm. that I can't see people that I can't introduce my new child to you know to many friends or any family so it is this funny like dichotomy of um yeah of constantly oscillating between being so grateful for what you have and realizing how privileged you are and how bad things could be Mm. and then I suppose just trying to allow yourself to feel the feelings of going through something that is a little bit traumatic and like feel the grief for the loss of your civil liberties and and it's okay to miss people and it's okay to be upset that this is all a little bit rubbish Um, Because of, you know, the things that happened during labor, I had a lot of physical recovery to do. So I had, you know, had a lot of blood loss, had stitches. So I couldn't kind of walk for the first four or five weeks. Um, And so it was a lot of staying indoors, a lot of physical recovery and just a weird like time had stopped and we weren't going outdoors sort of period. And then just as I got a bit stronger, I did start to go outdoors because I really wanted to. I really wanted to because I'm a textbook extrovert and I get my energy from other people. And I wanted to uh, take Rua, my daughter, out to like little singing classes and yoga classes and baby cinema and baby play dates. Mm. And like for about two weeks, she had like the world's most full social diary that <laughs> any newborn has ever had. And I was loving it. And I was so excited about my maternity leave. And I just didn't have to think about work for a few months. And I could just have fun and get to know my daughter. And then, yeah, this sort of like the world shut down around us. And so now she's sort of only seen myself and her her other mother's face for like nearly half her life. Yesterday we held her over the fence uh, in the back (laughs) garden to like so she could look at the neighbors. We're like, look, other people exist. Um, And sort of like I had had like a list of all of these fun things I was going to do on my maternity leave. And now the highlight is like walking around this cricket pitch near our house once a day for 60 minutes, trying to stay as far away from other human beings as possible. Like I just couldn't have imagined it. Yeah. It's It's, it is. It's so bizarre. I keep coming back to imagine if, I mean, Kaylee must be getting so sick of me. It's like if, (laughs) if three months ago, Someone had told you, and then yeah. it's all the all these like the yeah. We went to um went for like a bike ride, but uh, um to hack me downs, thinking it might be a bit less busy. And it's yeah. so strange seeing those um fields of 
people all kind of like equidistant from each other. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a strange, strange time to be alive. <laughs> there was like, a, a, I think, I guess it would be the River Lee. But anyway, we basically managed to find the spot which was the most disgusting sort of slick of mud. <laughs> and we sat there, just sort of, we've got our little like, flasks with like a coffee in it or whatever and we sat down for like 10 minutes and Kaylee was like I'm actually feeling um incredibly bleak uh I yeah. need to leave um, yeah. now yeah. it's unbelievable isn't it Sue did that last week she was like as she came home from a walk and was like I found a route that's really quiet and I was like oh brilliant I'll we'll do that together then at the weekend and then she took me out on this route and it was through an industrial estate and it was just <laughs> so depressing it was just the most hideous walk I've ever been on in my entire life I think there's a lot like in a bid to to be responsible and not be going to the nice parks that everyone's going to you do wind up basically walking through like a disused factory and you're like I mean I guess yeah. this is our yeah. Sunday now this and you're is like just... isn't this brilliant we didn't come within six feet of anyone yeah. what a success but there are <laughs> needles on the floor and rats in the corners we should do you know what I should start like a Pinterest page of like oh Oh, no, that's that's too retro. That's not what I mean. Basically, a sort of some some sort of a Tumblr account, e- even more retro, of like wow. the most depressing. Do you want to put it on your MySpace? That... <laughs> oh, that would be quite good, actually. You should no, you should do you should do uh, like that would be a good Twitter hashtag. Yeah, it's sort of like depressing. Everyone's, everyone's doing depressing it. It's like a, ooh, the London that I've never seen before, and then it is like just a sort of stabby alley. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's anyway. a reason you haven't seen it before it's <laughs> yes. gross yeah um, so yeah I am missing Ireland I'm missing Irish accents and Irish people and Irish sense of humour and and mostly the sea like because I'm from Dublin which is on the coast uh, walking by the walking by the sea is like my most grounding thing in life. It makes me feel, I look out at the sea and I go, ah, oh, I am but a tiny speck mm. on a moving planet, uh, which is traveling through the solar system. Like it just, I find it really pulls me back to myself. And, it, yeah. and so, yeah, stuff like that I'm missing. And also the fact that, so I come from like a large family, um, my parents and two brothers and two sisters. So there's seven of us in terms of like the immediate family that I grew up with obviously now we've some of us have bread and had <laughs> sproglets of our own and so they and you know married so there's more the family has grown but like that unit of um the seven of us it's so weird that I have a 12 week old baby who hasn't met anyone in my family yet mm-hmm. because um you know, they were due to come over just as the lockdown was starting. So we sort of wanted a little mm. bit of time and space in terms of um, them not coming like, you know, the week she was born so that we could get our heads head around having a baby. So they were due to come when she was a few weeks old and then all those trips got cancelled. And I sort of don't know when it will be safe for them to come here or me to go there. Mm. And so it's kind of really, I never thought that I would have you know, potentially a six-month-old child who hadn't met a single member of my family yet. How does that feel for you to to imagine potentially Rue not meeting them until she's six months old? I think that we're unbelievably lucky in terms of FaceTime and also videos. So I send my mother and my mother-in-law a video of Rue almost every single day. And we do FaceTime almost every single day with my family as well. So so that is sort of like putting a plaster 
on the on the wound but I think that uh it's just a little bit sad that they didn't get to see that newborn and then Mm. get to see when she grabbed stuff for the first time and you know all of those stages but if we do get to you know to all be together when she's six months old which is only in three months then we're very lucky and I think that moment where I do see you know my parents meeting my child I think I'll just like I think people are going to need a boat if they're in the room because I'm going to flood that room with my tears (laughs) the emotion of it will be so overwhelming there is something sort of life-altering about giving birth that I wasn't necessarily expecting and also you know not all labors are traumatic but I think more of them are than we realize and you know I don't think my life was in danger during labor but it felt like it was like I thought oh I might not live through this because it's just all so much Mm. and so you know you kind of want to go home after an experience like that um and if you think you're going to die that you know you think about all of the people that mean the most to you um and you want to see them and so it's just yeah the whole experience is very strange I mean I think people the world over are having very strange experiences but the fact that there's never been a global pandemic in my lifetime but it then now it's happened during the period of me having a newborn is extra weird. But I picked out my sister Aoife, who's closest to me in age, um, just because she is sort of, I mean, she's like hands down one of the most important people in my life, always has been and always will be. Um, and she uh, and she is someone I'm particularly missing because she was supposed to come over and, and spend time with us and meet Rua, my daughter, um, so very much missing her. But also, she's just an extraordinary person and a very funny person. Like she's, she'd be a great character in a comedy because she's a little bit of a living saint in the sense that, like, she does everything for everybody in the family. Um, you know, she works in intercultural education. She volunteers and sets up camps for, you know, asylum-seeking children. Um, she like there isn't anything that she wouldn't do for you but her personality is actually quite like acerbic and like (laughs) and cynical and so she's so good and pure but she would never admit that and all she'd do is like brutally roast you and take the piss out of you and insult you (laughs) (laughs) is that quite Irish though I mean I'm sort of just thinking of like the the family I have in Northern Ireland there's a kind of yeah yeah sense of humor is so integral to the way every element of their lives uh, uh, operates like including yes. the thing that always stands yeah. out to me is like funerals that they can be yeah. you know that the, the, there can be very funny things happening um ah uh, yeah it's the best night out ever is yeah. a good old funeral <laughs> <laughs> i think it is like i do think that taking the piss as we call it um you know i'm sure you you english have never heard of that um that was me taking the piss there see what i did um i think that taking the piss is a bit is a like you know a very irish trait but i i also think Aoife is funny in a way that not many people uh that i know are like i would like to think i'm funny emily it being my sure, literal yeah. career and everything but i do do it in a very like boom i just made a joke way whereas Aoife has like just this kind of um sort of quieter like sharper um almost cleverer like devastating way of doing it when I moved to London um to go to drama school at the time I had like 
you know when you're like lounging about your house and you have like your favorite jumper that's like comfy and keeps you warm and stuff yeah so I had a few a few items of clothing like that one was like a gray hoodie another was this sort of like little green gilet that I wore when I was cold anyway when I, after I moved to London I haven't a heard of the word later, gilet for a little while that's um... well, listen, I'm pr- I, that's what I'm here for to drop <laughs> very specific references on you and I hope you enjoyed it um but a couple of days after I like arrived in London I got uh I got a letter in the post that was from the uh fashion police and it was like (laughs) it was this like typed out official letter that was like uh the fashion police uh noticed that when you went through Stansted airport a few days ago these items were identified in your bag and the fashion police would like them destroyed uh immediately (laughs) and like obviously it was from Aoife just like completely uh, roasting me for um still owning these items that she deemed oh, I love that she went to the effort of sending that that the <laughs> commitment to a joke I always just think is should be rewarded I think you're right yeah so were you as close as you are now throughout childhood or is it something that's developed it's um it's interesting because like so when we were little we were extremely close because there you know there wasn't much between us and um in terms of age and so we played together we were always together I mean we also were still very different I mean that's the thing it's like we're very similar at our core but we're really really different in our personalities I think mm-hmm. and so yeah we were very close and then when we were teenagers she absolutely hated me for a period of about two or three years and I just couldn't understand why like it broke my heart it was like Mm. the biggest like it was so sad but I just was not cool enough or interesting enough for her and then we came out the other side of that and then we're immediately really really close again um and then yeah like I think that there's actually it has sort of just you know uh gone from strength to strength as we've become adults and stuff but I think there is like a sadness in life that people doesn't talk don't talk about where you kind of have to grow up and maybe you get married maybe you don't but you're sort of not allowed to live with your siblings anymore <laughs> like mm. my favorite one of my favorite things to do you know when I was a teenager or in my early 20s was just to sort of like be in my siblings company as we watch television and we would maybe order a pizza or you know share a bag of Doritos or whatever but we would just sort of like just kind of be together and it was kind of quantity time as opposed to quality time like you sort of don't go out and have a romantic dinner necessarily with your siblings in a restaurant where you like catch up like about everything you've been feeling but you do just sort of sit in their company for days and I think that like that that's just sort of sad that you can't all sort of you know live together as you as you grow older I mean, you can, but maybe they'd make documentaries about you. (laughs) (laughs) I can remember, like, a few incidents where, uh, like, where when we were little, when I realised how close we were, and then when we were teenagers, when I realised we weren't. Like, for example, um, I remember being really small, like six or seven, and I uh, went out for the afternoon to, like, a party, and Aoife wasn't invited for whatever reason. She didn't know those friends. So she missed me so much 
that she made this like picnic out of Play-Doh and like this just like giant sort of picnic in our bedroom so that when I came home it was like a pretend picnic we could have Mm. like to connect because she missed me so much and then I remember like you know these memories really stick with you I thought the picnic was so amazing that I left it out all night because I didn't want to put it you know back into the play-doh carton Mm. and then it went hard and we lost all of our (laughs) (laughs) play-doh um but I was also going to tell you about the time that I remember us not being close was when we were um when we were kind of teenagers and we had gone out with my family to uh, the Alloway Caves which is like caves in Ireland Mm. um they're you know they're under the ground you go down uh look at them I think my mum hadn't come into the caves with us because she had like wanted to stay and have a cup of tea and my dad was with us and he would be let's say less of a disciplinarian than my Mm mum and I think like I'm a lot uh, uh, chattier than Aoife in lots of ways and I think I I don't I also when I was a kid didn't know when to shut up and maybe that has endured I'm not sure Uh, (laughs) but I had just been annoying her in the caves by like talking 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 at her and we weren't like having a fight or anything she was just silently getting annoyed and then I don't know where it came from because we weren't particularly violent and I can't remember like the context of it but she just punched me full on in the stomach and winded me so much that I was so shocked that she had did it that I couldn't even like cry or complain I was just so shocked and then all of the tension that had been building up just like released and she just like laughed her head off and I think I laughed and I think my dad was so shocked that she had punched me so hard that he didn't he sort of pretended it hadn't happened and just kept walking and then like this has become one of Aoife's treasured memories when I'm annoying her she'll be like do you remember when I punched you in the Alloway caves and it's something that she like loves to talk about oh, so God. funny how like that, a like... punch has become one of her favorite memories of our time together that does feel like another sort of quite siblingy thing it's just there's this like like physicality that you don't well you maybe would have with friends but you know yeah it, that's true it, it's it, yeah it's just, it's a different kind of closeness um it's like when you see tiger clubs kind of like rolling yeah. over each other and biting each other like when like like I said earlier Aoife was always very invested in um like my coolness of which I didn't have any um <laughs> And so I like I I know nothing about music. I never have. I'm obsessed with musical theatre, and that's all I listen to—just musicals over and over. But I never know anything about like popular artists. I think the fact that I've just called them popular artists like <laughs> illustrates <laughs> that. But like Aoife was always into the charts, and so sometimes she used to, uh, if I'd be sitting on the ground watching the television, she would like push me over and sit on me until I could name like one or two artists in the top ten as a means of trying to like train me to be cooler (laughs) (laughs) like there's a difference between spending time with somebody and catching up so like when you have a phone call with someone you you know now that we're speaking on the phone we'll sort of catch up and be like what did you do yesterday what did you do today kind of thing and the quality of your conversation and maybe even the stuff that comes out is very different to the stuff that you might talk about if you spend the whole day together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that thing of just sort of sitting in each other's company in the evening, like listening to her little witty remarks as we watch something on the television, um, that sort of thing is uh, is what I miss. Mm. And then there's just the fact that I'm really looking forward to uh, like seeing, you know, uh, seeing her hold my 
baby and uh and like introducing them to each other and her being auntie Aoife and you know all of all of those things mm. thinking about her personality what do you think she would want to bring to Rua's life what kind of role do you think she'd want to play I I thinking about her personality like I the way that I think I said at the start like she's such a doer like the way that she should she isn't like cuddly like me in the way that I will as we've already talked about like you know hold everyone in my arms for a 20 minute hug <laughs> um and she doesn't even necessarily you know say that she loves me all the time or tell you how great you are but my god she would do anything for you so she just mm. sort of like she's looking after my parents so well now um during the lockdown and uh she would just drive anywhere to pick something up for you she would drive you anywhere if you just like sometimes when I'm home in Dublin I mention I want to go see a friend and she'd be like I'll drive you and then that's that you can't talk her out of it like you could have gotten the bus but she's dropping you door to door mm. um you know she's she'd go and do your shopping she'll uh yeah so I think with I think I think that's probably what she'll do with Rua she'd be a doer she'd have activities for her you know she'd have worked out a fun craft she could do she'll be driving her to a uh, play place for a couple of hours mm. you know she'll be making sure she has everything she needs just like sorting her out <laughs> yeah. I think that when you have the gift of a sibling and sorry to rub it in I, I know that you don't <laughs> have it I think that there's you have such a shared history that that it's when you are when something happens that you're upset about you don't ever have to give them the context you don't ever have to sort of like explain who the person is who upset you or tell you why it upset you or explain why that might be triggering because of the other things that have happened in your life you just they have all of that for free so I think, yeah, sometimes I can't, I, I can't actually think of a specific time, but I do know that very often if I am upset about something or if something has hurt me, she'll be one of the first people that I want to talk to because of that shared history and shared understanding. And, um, and just, you know, I have no doubt about how much she cares about me and loves me, even if, you know, like I say, she's not sort of... Uh, demonstrative in the way that I am she's still a very warm person obviously mm -hmm. um Aoife without me even having to ask her like we got married in the Lake District a couple of years ago and without me having to ask her um Aoife just like arrived a couple of days early so that she could be there to set up and help and and like fight fires and it's actually quite funny because there was a couple of fires at the wedding a few people um we had some candles on the table and a few people set a few minor fires oh god <laughs> around the room now that I remember but was he for uh, just diving onto them I'm pretty sure she would have if she had been if she had seen them yeah <laughs> There's, there seems to be like there's a big comfort in just physically spending time with her but if you imagine you know the first time you see her again and spending time in her company what's the overriding thing that she gives you that other people don't like how does she make you feel yeah oh I think I think that a person a person can feel like home and so I definitely think that she is one of the people that makes me feel at home and centered mm. I think in terms of like what I get from her that I don't get from anybody else it's that thing I was talking about of the sort of 
the the shared history and you never have to explain anything this person just knows you Mm -hmm. and actually it's really lovely it can sometimes feel kind of tiring to spend time in the company of people that you think that don't know you because I suppose on some level even if you're trying not to you are creating a, a personality in their eyes or you want them to like you so you're trying harder than you normally would and if, if you're with somebody who always knows you and who um, I guess will love you no matter what then that's just so relaxing because yeah. you can just be yourself you don't have to edit anything you say even if you do accidentally say something that you know is a bit bitchy or you wouldn't normally say whereas one of your darker thoughts you're not going to be judged for that or it will actually you know Aoife might immediately then hold it against me but only in a funny way (laughs) yeah I love that feeling it's it's I have it with so few people but um yeah probably as a bit of an anxious person but it's just um it's I think very... we're lucky to have it with anyone, though. I yeah, suppose. completely. I feel I, I, I certainly have it in my two closest friends from home, and it's just it's so. It feels like such a gift to have that. Yeah, as you say, even with one person, just to know that you can be in their company and every fibre of your being can be relaxed because you just don't have that. I guess ultimately, it probably comes down to like fear of rejection, and that just yeah. you know that that's yeah doesn't exist with that person I mean I I like to think that I do thank her for everything that she does for me and everything that she does for everyone in the family but she definitely deserves a lot of thanks and gratitude for how much she takes care of people and so I would thank her from the bottom of my heart for that um, and also, I suppose I look up to her a lot and I'm not sure that's something like I tell her I love her all the time. I'm not necessarily sure that I tell her that she's like one of my heroes. Um, so that's yeah, that's maybe something she might like to hear. If you'd like to tell us about someone you're missing, we'd love to hear from you get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at radioisopod.com